folks, welcome back inside the video vault. This is JB. Hey, I'm Eddie. And uh, it is currently 2 in the morning, sitting at my dining room table, and because pretty much it took us this long to digest what happened at Hell in a Cell over the weekend. Oh yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. It was a crazy time. Crazy time uh, for the I'm going to need a lot of therapy after some parts of this pay-per-view. Oh yeah, it was... And the uh, ensuing Smackdown afterwards as well that we just watched. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a little bit. Yeah. It was a little crazy. That's all it, it was a show. It's a very good, very good show. Yeah, I thought so. All right, so let's move on to the pre-show. Uh, Benjamin and Gable versus the Hype Bros. I mean, that was about as much of an effort as you'd get from the Hype Bros. I don't know, Josh. Do you love the Hype Bros? Oh, you I, like? I love Mojo Rawley. I don't, I don't love the Hype Bros. Well, Zack Ryder could go die in a hole. Okay, well, you know, it's just like. <laughs> Why did you take the part of American Alpha, man? Um, <laughs> anyway, predictable win for Gable and Benjamin. Yeah. That, that's not there's not much else. Yeah. Then we're gonna have this next match where opens the show. You and I are gonna have a very differing opinion about the outcome of it. New Day versus the Usos inside Hell in a Cell for the SmackDown tag titles. Yeah, that was. I mean, if you watched it. I mean, goddamn! That was, <laughs> this is the best match. Uh, it's one of the best Hell in a Cell matches I think out there, man. I mean, except some bad ones. That was like one of the few where I was like, "This is a this is an earned this is earned." You know what I mean? Like it didn't feel like yeah, because because la last year's Hell in a Cell, first off, having three Hell in a Cell matches on the same card was a mistake. Oh yeah, it was tough. Of those three, only the main event was worthy of it. You mean so, uh, Sa Sasha and Charlotte? Yeah. Yeah, that was a tough one though because it was like. I didn't feel like, I felt like, I, I liked that match a lot, uh, but it was like, yeah, by the time I got to the third one, I was like, oh, another Hell in a Cell match, and it was like, too many Hell in a Cell matches, literally, one, the three happened at the exact same, it was like, what, Reigns happened, then... Halftime, it was uh, Rollins and Owens. Yeah, it was just like, one opens the show, one closes it. But that third one, the one in the middle, just kind of made it feel like, oh, Yeah, no, this one, they, they bookended it. They uh, had them bookend the show. It felt I like, thought it was great. It, yeah, that was amazing. And also, I feel like the story of Sasha and Charlotte, like, by the end of it, it didn't feel like it really needed... Like, it was, like, good, but it didn't feel like it was brutal enough. It felt like it was... It was, like, the storyline didn't feel very brutal. Uh, the yeah, Reigns, whereas, New, whereas New Day and Usos, you knew, like... They had to keep topping those things. After the Sin City street fight on SmackDown, which was phenomenal. Yeah, it was great. Um, after that, you have to, like, you... And, you know, what's so great about that storyline was that it was so organic in the sense that, like, you had one title change happen at SummerSlam where it was, um... What do you call it? Like, the pre-show. Then you had just a random SmackDown. Then you had the last pay-per-view. It was a pre-show again, but these were like two amazing matches to the point where people kind of put it together that they needed to have a hell of a because for, why would the last three matches, like, they were just kind of throwaway matches that turned out to be like the best matches of the night. Yeah. And so this one earned a hell in the cell. Like, that earned the hell in the cell, you know what I mean? It was like, we can't... Yeah, and what I liked about the Cell in the Cell is that it wasn't just a spot fest like so many others before it. Oh yeah, it felt like it was a like there were spots, but like there were a lot of good. Yeah, spots. but it, but it wasn't like it wasn't like okay, we're gonna have this giant glorified no DQ match just for the sake of having some people go through tables, take a chair to the head. Yeah, it was like um, it was like well, it was like a very smart. 
Yeah. Because it started off with them all kind of saying the bar, like, the, the, like, just the, the fact that, like, two kendo sticks came out, you're like, oh, okay, we're going to have some kendo sticks. Yeah, but but then you have them putting one of the Usos in, I guess, kendo stick jail. I mean, I think Xavier Woods had the, had the line of the match. You know the Uso penitentiary? We are going to jail. Yeah, well, it was like, also, he owned... Like, he got hit first with that. Like, they were like, all right, what you're going to do is we're going to put this over your neck, and then we're going to, like, mess. So it was, like, one kendo stick was used, and then, there were, you know, Xavier Woods wants revenge, so he uses three of those. And it was like, oh, okay, yeah, of course he would do the same move, but with three of them, because, uh, the you know, he got hurt before. So, like, everything, like, logically made sense. It's just a good storytelling, it's to- a well-told story over, like, four matches that no one... Weren't, like, none of them were on the main card of any pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, it was... It's it's really a shame just because the New Day are so good on the mic and in the ring. The Usos, this is probably the best run of their career. I think it's the best run for kind of both of them, really. I think, yeah. I think the New Day never really had competition when they were cha- when they were the tag champions. Um, you're, not, you're talking the record-breaking run? Yeah, I don't think they had any, like, real feuds. They had... I mean, they didn't even... They never defended their title at WrestleMania. Like the uh, league, they were up against the League of Nations. Oh that God! Time. You know what I mean? They took it. They got beaten up by the Attitude Era. Like not only that, but like, um, you had the wait, right? The club, right? Was that like one? Yeah, the club. You had Sheamus and Cesaro. Like the best thing to come out of the New Day losing was that you know, Sheamus and Cesaro became like tag team. You know, it was like now we have them, but it was like this. It felt like they were holding up a division that just sucked, and they and then they disappeared for a bit. They didn't even have that. They could have had that great storyline with the revival, but then Kofi got injured, right? Uh, no. Um, I think I think they both got injured. Now that you mention it, because Kofi got injured. I th- no, uh, yeah, because Dawson got injured after Kofi got injured, and Kofi wrote Karma as like an Instagram post. Yeah, yeah, because then um, Dash Wilder broke his jaw. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but let's get to the outcome of the match. New Day lose their titles. Usos get their fifth title run with the um, fifth tag team title run. This is their second with SmackDown. Yeah. You were a fan of this finish. I was not. Yeah, that's fair. Um, why don't you elaborate? No, why don't you start? Oh, you want me to start? You, you asked me the question. Okay. Yeah, you I mean, all right, the way I see it, I mean, you brought up a couple weeks ago how, especially with the, with the Sin City Street fight. Yes. You mentioned how... What's great about the match is that it's kind of like the bullies versus the nerds. I mean, you got you got Biggie, who's clearly the fat kid. No offense, Biggie. You got Xavier Woods, who's the computer geek, did like Data from the Goonies, and then there's Kobe Kingston, who's essentially the new kid in town, just cheering that, just cheering his new friends on. Yeah. And you have these nerds go to hell and back. You have them do everything under the sun to win the titles, lose them, yeah. win them again, and then you lose them again after they literally go to hell in the cell. Yeah. They get so creative. I mean, they use the uh, the gong. They use the, the trombones, the cowbell spot of all things. Yeah. And the bullies win. Yeah. I don't get it. All right, so there's two... Because I, like, I understand that Nudie doesn't need the belt, but... Okay, so there's two um, there's two things I want to say about that. So, one, yeah, when that happened, it did feel like that. Like, the New Day, or the New, you know, like, the geeks and the Usos are the, you know, kind of like the bullies in school, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, it's, like, also, like, in one of those movies, right, 
like football movies where like you earn the respect at the end. It was like, yeah, they lost, but like, man, they didn't go down. Like it felt like, it felt like it wasn't the worst thing in the world they lost because then they got the you know like they, they earned the respect of the boys. Like hey man, like you didn't get you know you didn't get to the top of the mountain, but. Sort of like that movie. What's that movie with Corey Feldman? Uh, Lucas. Yeah, I've never seen that. Oh, uh, it just it's a very similar story. Um, I'm trying to remember what like a good example of that type of movie would be. Eh, I'll think of one later. But yeah, I mean, it just felt like it was it was okay. You know, it was like, oh man, it was heartbreaking that they lost, but like, makes the, the Usos look great. The way that the New Day lost was like, like they gave awesome. it their all. They, they gave it their all and, and just lost. weren't the better it's, team. It's, it's tragedy, you know. It's like yeah, not everyone's gonna win, but like, Aaron Wass is still a really good. Lo- it's still a really good thing, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I guess, I just feel felt that I got really into the match, and then the Usos won, and I just felt let down. Keep in mind, folks, That's- I I watched this entire pay per view on my phone in a car on a dr- on a nineteen and a half hour drive back from Kentucky. I mean, honestly, so maybe my, maybe my opinion skewed a little bit, but the fact that like they lo- they may have lost, but like. The fact that you felt let down really shows that, like, yeah, that was a fine match. It's yeah. Because yeah. you're like, you knew the stakes, they lost, and sometimes you're like, hey, sometimes something bad has to happen in order for a better storyline to come along. Yeah. Uh, and now uh, Benjamin and Gable are getting a shot. So, yeah, so rock like, on. You know, or, you know, maybe Benjamin and Gable will not succeed, right? Maybe they'll fail. And then the fashion police will finally get the number one contender. And finally, that storyline will be good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That'll be good. Like, you come off of being the New Day... Have a great match with Chad Gable, Sean Benjamin, you know, a couple good matches, and then, you you know, it's just all about how you build from there. But yeah. I think SmackDown will hopefully do. Yeah, and so you open the show with such a great match. Follow it by, oh, God, this was a stinker, Randy Orton versus Rusev again. Yeah, whatever, just move on. Yeah, so short version, they go at it for a little over 11 minutes, or Nick gets the RKO, beats Rusev again. I don't understand why. That they're wasting Rusev. I understand he's kind of got a one-sided gimmick, but Orton doesn't need the wins. Turn him heel. Do something with Rusev. Anything. Just, oh, God. All right. Uh, next match, though, was very good because we had the triple threat for the U.S. title. Against, we had the champion, AJ Styles, against Baron Corbin, and uh, the perfect 10, Ty Dillinger. Yeah, Ty Dillinger came in... Uh, in yeah, inserted himself into the match uh, on the pre-show. That's great. Good for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love Ty Dillinger, I love Baron Corbin, love AJ Styles, and I've got to say, they put on a better match than I anticipated. Well, I mean, AJ Styles is the phenomenal one and can do whatever he wants. Like, that's just what it is. AJ Styles doesn't have a bad pay-per-view match. No, he doesn't. Like, never. There's not... There's no bad... There's no bad ones. The problem was that we we had seen I can name we had seen this match on SmackDown before. We did, yes. So it's just so it was just a matter of okay, this seems random. I don't like maybe have if anything have Dillinger do a run in, ruin the match for one guy or the other. But instead, you get this great triple threat match, phenomenal spots. You get Ty Dillinger putting the calf killer, refusing to tap out. Mm-hmm. He looks strong as can be. Yep. They're finally utilizing the man properly. AJ Styles looks great per usual, can't get the Styles clash on Dillinger, and then Corbin comes in and steals the win. Finally getting some gold around his waist. Yeah, it's great. Good for, good for him. Um, you know, it's like, you know, Baron Corbin should have taken the Intercontinental Championship off of Dean Ambrose. That would probably have been smart. I think if you did, um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, there's no way to really get around that one, but uh, I was going to say, like, if you did 
you know, Corbin should have lost it. I don't know. You know, you could have moved Dean Ambrose over without having to move the Intercontinental Championship to Raw, but I guess the Intercontinental Championship does have to be on Raw because it is the A show. And yeah. US Championship is historically on SmackDown. Not the point. Point is, yeah, it just um I mean between this and NXT Corbin's a little it's a little delayed on the on the uh, goal. Yeah, because uh, Corbin like he you know, he was in the doghouse for a while for reasons that we're still not quite sure. Um, but the fact of the matter, look, he he did his time in the doghouse, he got a belt in the mid card on a pay per view. He's finally getting recognized because I think that he's they're doing a good job with Corbin of making him making him rather just this lone wolf sociopath. They're making him this guy who talks a big game but is really just kind of a pansy. Yeah, he loses a bunch, that's for sure. Yeah, whines about a sprained ankle. Yeah, loses a bunch, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I'm happy I'm happy he's got the US title. Um, glad to see WCW finally getting some acknowledgement. Uh, next up, we had the Women's Championship between Charlotte Flair and Natalia. Um, this was sort of a disappointing match. Yeah, the build-up didn't really... Build-up didn't match, because you got, you got Natalia, who's uh, Jim D'Anville Neidhart's daughter, Bret Hart's niece, then you got Charlotte Flair, Ric Flair's daughter, uh, multi-time women's champion on the Raw side, mm-hmm. Natalia, I mean, you, what was it you said about her promos tonight? Earlier on. Oh, they're the greatest promos. Because they're terrible. Well, okay, so I do know <laughs> I mean, she says like just the meanest stuff. It's actually like really funny how good her mean stuff is. Because she'll say something like like she'll be like <laughs> she'll be like, um, I hope your dying dad is dead in a ditch while your mom remarries your stepfather and you die of AIDS. Because of the way she says it, it's just, like, so under the radar, but she's allowed to say the meanest stuff. Like, remember the John Cena stuff she would say about Nikki Bella? She'd be like, <laughs> you're gonna die old, fat, and alone. Like, your boyfriend... <laughs> Who does, says these things? Your boyfriend does, But she says it with, like, no emotions. So like, yeah. So, like, it's like... If she said it with more emotion, people would pay attention, but because they... <laughs> She says with no notion, we're just immediately just, we're drawn to the lack of emotion. Yeah. But, like, she says some creative stuff, my dude. Like, it's so funny. Yeah, I, I don't think that the that the feud's quite over because Natalia was mass attacked on, on SmackDown earlier tonight. And then she, she wins the match, or loses it, rather, by smacking Charlotte's injured knee with a chair. And I, I don't know, because you'll agree with me when I say this, that the... That the SmackDown women's division, they're delaying the inevitable, which is Carmella cashing in the Miss Money in the Bank briefcase and becoming the champion. That is the problem with the whole situation. I've heard that um, multiple times, and I can't, um, I can't disagree with it. Yeah, the whole, the whole problem is they, they have the women's. So it's not like, you know, when the men have the, and this is gonna sound weird, but it's only the focus. So the women's division in the WWE has one segment. Maybe two in all shows, but there's about seven hours of this garbage, right? So we could dedicate maybe like two hours. Like they say, oh, we could dedicate two hours. Really, they should be doing like, I'm not saying half the show, but like they should be doing more than just like two segments, like one segment. You know what I mean? Like there should be two women's matches. Makes sense. You need to build up a mid card and a main event. So what's happening with the Carmella situation is because there's no mid card for her to be in at the moment, like there's no, like, she could have, be having a very long feud with, with, uh, with um, 
Becky Lynch, you could have a Carmella segment one week, and then you can have a, 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 a you know a Charlotte segment another week. Like, there's no reason there's not doing both that. But instead, what happens is Carmella, she's always around that belt. So because she's always around that belt, we don't forget that she's around that belt. And because we never forget that, we just don't know it's going to be inevitable. But if she was, like, remember when CM Punk won the championship for the first time with the Money in the Bank, we completely forgot that he had that. Right. But instead, because he was, like, facing Umaga and, like, doing matches where nothing was mm-hmm. Seth Rollins, we were able to forget that he had the Money in the Bank because he lost to Brock Lesnar at the Rumble. Um, we also didn't expect it during WrestleMania. And also, Brock Lesnar wasn't around, so the Money in the Bank was like, like there's always there's always different ways to separate those two belts, but because there's only one segment a week for these women, like about 30 minutes, match and promo, they just keep Carmella around Natalia because they're just like, so we got to keep both, yeah. both those things in there. Maybe we'll see a match between her and Becky Lynch for the briefcase. I wouldn't count on that, it. See, that's exactly what they should do, that type of thing where like you Becky Lynch, uh, Carmella have this match. Like, just something to get the t- Natalia away from Carmella. Because Carmella was always hanging around Naomi, then Carmella was always hanging around Nat- Natalia, and then she'll always w- go around Charlotte. Like, it just, it's like, just do it. I don't yeah. want to see it right now. Speaking of not wanting to see things, um, we're going to get to the pa- the match for the WWE Championship, which was the bathroom break match. Unfortunately. Yeah, you had Jinder Mahal and the Sings versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Surprise, surprise. Jinder Mahal retains the title. I don't understand why. So I do have a theory about this. The one good thing about this match, and I'll, and I'm just going to say this before, before you uh, give your reasoning. The good thing about this match is that the Sings were ejected by Charles Robinson, and as a result, Mahal actually won as clean as he could. Yeah, I'm going to say this. Um, that, yeah, we just had to... Mahal had to win that one and move on because like it like oh god like if Mahal had beaten if Shinsuke had won that that's how we that's the beginning of Shinsuke Nakamura's first WWE championship reign like that whole stuff the races the Mahal like everything so what I think is gonna happen is that so they were like you know what let's have Mahal win we'll keep Shinsuke out of the program for a little bit have him do something let's give the title to AJ Styles so I think AJ is going to beat Jinder. And when AJ beats Jinder, then you can start having a Shinsuke Nakamura AJ Styles. Because AJ Styles is always going to be money. Jinder Mahal, and he could come in and do the American, the xenophobic uh, American gimmick. Like, you know, we don't take that around here. Like, I'm, I'm AJ Styles. So, like, you know, we're from, we're from America and America 9-11. You know, like, we could do that. Yeah. Whatever. Fuck it. But it's AJ Styles' third WWE Championship run. Who cares? You know, you can, you can move on from that. Yeah. But if it had been Mahal's first championship win, we would be like, yo, <laughs> remember when Shinsuke Nakamura, the face of, of the WWE, uh, really didn't have a good WWE champion? It's like what happened to Sheamus. Like, he just yeah. accidentally became champion. He wasted time. So, anyway. it's smart. Smart money. And then, for some reason, this was the co-main event. I don't understand why. You had Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Uh... I guess I really thought that the Shinsuke Nakamura. I think it just has. I think it's just. I guess it's just someone in the back must have convinced uh, somebody. What this should have been, it should have had a little back and forth. Bobby Roode goes over, end of story. Instead, they have this like somersault contest where each guy's holding the other's tights. 
Bobby Roode scores the pinfall, and I didn't even hear a proper three count for what it's worth. I don't think anyone cared. Yeah. I think... Like, and and then two seconds after that, Ziggler super kicks him. That was a... That was... Like, a bad, what? That was a bad match. I think, yeah. I think it just... I think someone must have thought, you know, Vince might actually think this is going to excite the crowd. So what we're going to do is... I think... I think they put it... They put that match before Hell in a Cell, which means... But they knew that match wasn't going to be good. So somebody thought, yeah, WWE Championship match might excite some people. So just in case they do, we can bathroom break them with the Bobby Roode Dolph Ziggler match. So for some reason, there were actually two bathroom breaks. Yeah. It was, uh, it was not well, good. Well, it was Detroit, so you got to figure they're a drinking crowd. It was just not good. I mean, hmm. let's all just be aware that that was <laughs> lame. It was not good. Uh, uh, quite the opposite of the main event, though, which was anything but lame. Yeah, you that, had yeah. Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon, false count anywhere inside Hell in a Cell. This, I mean, we had a feeling from SummerSlam that it was building towards this. Yeah. That you were going to see Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon throw down at some point in the near future, or as, or as far ahead in the future as Mania, and yet... Owens gets in a fight with McMahon on SmackDown. Shane McMahon gets suspended. Vince comes out next week to address Kevin Owens' threatened lawsuit. He says, no, you're going to up, go up against my son, Hell in a Cell. I suspended him because he couldn't finish the job against you. And I have no words to describe this match. It was 39 minutes of bliss. It was good. Yeah, I think the New Day one was a little better, though. The New Day one, was, it wasn't better. It was just different. Because like there you felt something was really on the line. Like you didn't really know where it was gonna go. Here it was okay, Owens is probably going over. No, I mean I felt that, but also I was like I feel like uh the the Owens Shane match, um could have probably shaved off a couple minutes. Like now that I think about oh, it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because right. the the, the pay per view itself, folks, if you haven't watched it, it's three and a half hours long. And also yeah, too long. And also, so th- this match was ten minutes too long. Nowadays, when they climb the hill in the cell, you can always when they u- when they jump to the top of it, you're kind of like, cool. Like when they climb it, always like, oh yeah, there are holes in those walls. Like why are there holes there? Um, granted, very scary the 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 you know stuff on top of the cage because we're so used to yeah. the side of the cage now that we're right. Like, yeah. No one's been to the de- lots of people will be on top of the cage. Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins. They've been like six And even then, they didn't do that much on top. No, there were like six Hell in a Cell matches since then. Yeah, just start with Dean Ambrose hitting Seth Rollins. Oh, uh, Paul Heyman got attacked up there, but like, who cares? Yeah. But like, yeah, it used to be like the, the top of the cell was just as important as the bottom of the cell, which is just as important as the door and the sides. Like, everybody, there used to be so little of those that everybody had to throw everything in there. Now it's just kind of like, yeah, well, this match is going to be the one that's inside the cell, and this is going to be the one that goes outside the cell. Like, and you could always, I don't know, and also you could always see the side of the doors. I don't know. It just felt like this was going to be the spot fest. Yeah, and for the most part it was, because like much of the first half of the match was Owens and, and Shane inside the Hell in the Cell, and it was exactly what you expected. There were, there were chair shots. There, were, there was just general brawling. Shane McMahon hits the coast-to-coast with the garbage can, um, and then Kevin Owens sets up a table, and he's about to do the cannonball onto it where Shane's lying. Shane moves last minute. Owens goes through the table. Yeah. I, I mean, mean... You figured that was going to happen. Well, yeah. I mean, what's the rule? You set it up. You go through it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a great... Yeah, that was great. Yeah, and 
on top of that, I mean, I thought the storytelling was phenomenal. So then you finally have Owens is beaten and battered. Shane says, hey, open the door. Refs go, no, we can't. It's locked. Goes into the ring, gets the bolt cutters. And, oh, God, the way he sold you the bolt cutters, just like he he's sacked from strength from getting his ass kicked. And he's actually straining to cut the, the chains open. He finally gets him to break. The crowd goes nuts. He steps outside. There are some spots on the on the ramp, and then oh my oh lord! This was, and this was great work on Owens, and he puts Shane on on the Spanish announce table, climbs the cell, gets like he's gonna he's gonna jump off, but then chickens out. Like re- great heel work, and it's also just it's the proper use of ignoring Chekhov's gun, where. The spot's there, they don't, and they don't do it. And in this case, he's being a proper heel and saying, I know you want me to make this jump, but no. No, I'm not going to do it for you. And at this point, of course, Shane jumps off, jumps on, on top. And, oh God, I can't even, I can't even really with these, uh, with like the brawling on top of the cell. Because, I mean, did you think that they were going to go through the roof at, at any point? I didn't think they would, unless, of course... They would. Does that make sense? Like it wasn't like it wasn't like this wasn't going to be a spot. Like there's no way to have a spot where someone goes through that thing unless they accidentally actually would have had to fall through that thing. And that was insane to me. I was like, yo, if they do fall through this, they will actually get hurt. It wasn't like Triple H. It's not like Mick Foley where like they broke through and you were kind of like, oh damn. Yeah. That's it. He's dead. That's it. He's dead. Like granted that the first time that happened, that was an accident. The second time when he did it with Triple H, it was real, I believe, right? Oh, Triple H and Jericho, you mean? Oh, no, whoever fell through the, the table, the thing the last time. Oh, Triple H, Cactus Jack, yeah. Yeah, that was planned because of what had happened at the Undertaker thing. Right. But, like, so for me, I was like, yo, they wouldn't actually plan on someone falling through this thing, so Kevin Owens is going to die because Kevin Owens is a big man. He's a big man on top of very thin metal. This yeah, and this is the point of the match where it really did start to feel like a hero versus a villain, because you had them both clinging to the side of the cage, punching each other. Shane hits an elbow to the face. Owens falls back through the table. Oh, that was great. That was that was great. It was, and then of course Shane's hubris gets the best of him, mm-hmm. to the point where he goes, "Okay, no, I I'm not going to pin him right here. I'm not done with him." Puts him on the other table, and goes up to the top to do the diving elbow drop. Unfortunately, this table did not have an airbag underneath it, or any or any cushioning. Yes, and uh, yeah. and this is where we get the swerve of the night because there's Sami Zayn pulling Kevin Owens out of the way last minute as Shane goes through the table. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, let's talk about the reasoning because on on SmackDown, Sami Zayn basically said, "Oh, I came to the land of opportunity at SmackDown, never got one." Oh, and uh. Kevin Owens, even though we've been through a bunch of stuff, you're still my best friend. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, I don't know. Where do they go from here, man? I mean... Because, you know, Shane's going to be off TV for at least a month. I mean, you know, maybe have Kevin Owens in Sami Zayn's corner a little bit. You know, like maybe Sami Zayn will start coming out to matches and then Kevin Owens will be like, they're, um, they're both capable enough wrestlers. I don't think they'll go for a tag team gold or anything. No, they, they don't want to go... They don't want to... 
immediately make him a tag team and I mean, have and have that kind of relationship just because we we're we're less than a year removed from Owens Jericho. I mean, yeah, like I'm saying, like I think this is gonna be fun. Like this will be a different. For, I think, I think this is gonna be very different from Jericho Owens. I mean, the bromance angle isn't there. The, yeah, it's not bromance. It's like actually like guys that are actual like kind of brothers. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they've been friends for a very long time. Um, so like unlike Jericho and Owens, where it was kind of like, no, you're the man. No, you're the man. Like, yo, this is my dude. Like it doesn't. It won't have to feel so fake. But also, during that Kevin Owens Chris Jericho run, like it made. Kevin Owens more funny, right? I mean, Kevin Owens was kind of funny to begin. I'm talking with. like I'm talking like goofy. He was like kind of goofy at the time because before that he was just like kind of he was he was swarmy. He was funny because he was swarmy and sarcastic. Yeah. And during the Chris Jericho one, it was like I bought you a gift, you know, like or you know, it's a new list. It's a new list, you know. It's like that type. You know, you got the you got the Vegas friendship like thing. I think this one's gonna be more like. I don't know. Like I don't. I don't really know. I don't, you're not going to see like Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn sucking up to the other one. This is going to be a very New Japan type partnership. I feel this will be something where like, they both have matches and like they'll just keep running in on each other's matches and be like, "That's my man's." I don't even know about that. I think this is going to be more like New Japan and the Bullet Club, where it's not so much run-ins, but there's just such a mutual respect between both parties or however many there are in the group that. That they just kind of let each other do their thing, don't really overshadow the other, really working as a team. This is, I'm going to say this right now, this is going to be a, this this is a storyline with a massive deadline. This is one that's going to end in probably WrestleMania. This is, that's where it's going to go. Yeah, and that's how, when it should end. Sami Zayn is not going to be a permanent heel. This is going to be like, um, this will be like a three month no, you can go six months. You can actually go six months on this one. Yeah, Whenever just so you, yeah. just so long as you don't know meet. And the worst thing they could do is if after that long, have it be like Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt. Like, hey, surprise, I was part of your family, but I was plotting against you the whole time. Yeah, this will be something gonna like... burn your house down now. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens' best move would be if they both moved on for a little bit, both, like, show up in each other's story. Like... Hey, Kevin, I saw your match, and I just want to say, like, that was a really good match, man. And Kevin's like, oh, thanks, Sammy, I really appreciate it. Oh, jeez, man, oh, God, you know, I can't wait until our next match when I'm going to beat up, you know, this guy. And then, like, you know, you'll have Sami Zayn beat up a couple people, like, get renewed, and then it will just start to deteriorate a little bit. But the best thing to do is not to make sure that they're both overexposed. Yeah. To each other? I guess that would probably be the best way to do it. Yeah. I don't care what I think, though. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just a mark. Yeah, and the good news about this is that right now SmackDown has until Survivor Series to build up these storylines. Oh, boy. I was plant saying... Plant new seeds. I was saying... So I've been a big fan of, hopefully, the Usos versus Roman Reigns and Dean... I mean, uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose in Survivor Series, but honestly, I would watch a Seth, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose versus Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens match in a heartbeat. That would be such a good match because the story would be like it's the opposite. It's two opposite stories. It's like Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins and Seth, and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens like immortal enemies, but then they're like because of betrayal, but then they become friends with their prospective partners, and then it's like. Hey, we're both tag teams. We should just face each other's Survivor Series and represent Raw or SmackDown. Like, uh, you know, you have like the brand, but also like, because they're basically the same story. 
it'd be kind of cool. It's like, it's like the mirror. Yeah, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens is the mirror version of Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, and you'll probably have. Um, I mean, we're not even gonna try to predict the five on five matches. Maybe maybe they'll have Team Kevin versus Team Shane. I don't know. It's too early to tell. I think they'll still do a Robert. I would like to do the Robert SmackDown again. I think that'll probably be the smartest move. Just do Robert SmackDown again. Yeah, I mean, I, you don't want to repeat last year though, because last year like the big match no, no, was no, no, Lesnar no. versus Goldberg. Well, I know. Uh, I'm saying like, no, no, no. I mean, like that's just what Survivor Series should be. It's like, it's like, yeah. Just continue mentioning the fact that we're brand. Because if you don't continue mentioning the brands as separate entities, then you're going to end up with super shows again, and no one well, wants well, yeah. that. Okay, so maybe maybe have have one or two five on five matches. But you don't want to, you don't want to make the show all about the brand split like you did last year. It's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But you could just have one match. Like you, you don't have to make it all about the brand split. But like you can have like, say you had, um, say you had Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn versus Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins. That'd be pretty good. You can have Roman Reigns, and uh, you can have Team Rollins, Team SmackDown, and then you can just have the World Heavyweight Championship and the WWE Championship match. As long as you just like, you can even make Rollins SmackDown just like the mid card. Just have nothing to do. But, like, you gotta make sure that it's well, more likely one stories, but, like, just make yeah. sure that you have, like, for the Raw versus SmackDown match, you can have, uh, who would be good for, who would be good that's kind of like, well, you have Randy Orton, of course. Yeah, Ray I mean, on, on Raw side, Finn you, Balor. on Raw side, you'd have, you'd have Miz, Braun Strowman, probably Roman <laughs> Reigns. Braun and, yeah, Roman Reigns, Finn Balor. Finn, that Finn Balor. And we'll throw Bray Wyatt in there just for fun. Yeah, or, like, or, like, you know, uh... Or Elias. Or Elias. Yeah, that's fine. Those are all people who have, I would say, Finn Balor. Just to have, as long as you have Finn Balor, Braun Strowman, maybe, actually, okay, just put Samoa Joe in that. That'd be great. It's Samoa Joe. Right? Samoa Joe. So Finn Balor, Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, um, uh, The Miz, yeah. You know, yeah, you'll keep The Miz in there. That's fine. And I mean, the Raw guy's got to get through TLC in a couple of weeks soon. Yeah. But I'm just saying is that, like, if you have a solid main event, you could have more than one main event match. Yeah, for sure. And then the WWE Championship match. Yeah. You have, uh, have Brock Lesnar versus, um, like whoever, whoever Brock Lesnar's going to Whoever going to feed to him next. Yeah, whatever. I don't, I hate Brock. Maybe just put, man, Brock Strowman gets a rematch. Brock Lesnar, you're a terrible champion. Come at us. We dare you. He knows where we live. Uh, Brock <laughs> Lesnar versus Finn Balor. Like, you sure. know, whatever. But I'm saying that, like, Every, like, last year's Fire Series had the Intercontinental Championship on the line. Yeah. Right? Just do that with, um, just use Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins versus, uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I'd watch that, too. And if, like, hey, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn win, they go to Raw and they take the titles. Oh, That'd be kind of cool, right? I like it. That would be cool. And that would, could lead to Dean Ambrose yeah. and Seth Rollins breaking up. Anyway, uh, that's a conversation for another time. Uh, all in all, Hell in a Cell. Uh, I'm gonna give it a give it a B plus. No, I'm giving it a B. B. I think right. the, I think there are three there are three good matches, and the other ones are just like ugh, like it's hard. <laughs> like Randy Orton just yeah, that was terrible. Randy Orton. But I think I think that it, it just got so many points with a strong U.S. title match, strong two US great title. cell matches. It, yeah. yeah. So it's a B. It's a solid for me. It's just a solid. Right. Down the road match, a down the road show, and it did what it was supposed to do. It's just some of the build up was a little tough. That's all. All right. Anyway, folks, that's going to do it from the video vault today. 
Uh, like us on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Twitter, video underscore vault PC. Uh, sorry, I'm going to say that again. Video underscore vault PC. Uh, Eddie, you want to give him your Twitter as well? Yeah, it's Eddie underscore Doug. Find me at, at JB's World 3286. Uh, anything you want to plug? Uh, yo, come to Indy Cage Match on Sunday at UCB East at 6 if you are you listening before then. <laughs> uh, if not, then... Um, uh, yo, what's up? It's been like three weeks. You're listening to a Hell in a Cell podcast? No, it's been like three weeks, dude. Come on. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. Now it's Christmas. Yeah, Survivor Series has already happened. <laughs> anyway... Uh, yeah, but that's it for the show. We'll see you in a couple weeks for TLC, but we'll also see you later this week for part two of our Frankenstein retrospective. Uh, got a lot of positive feedback about the first Frankenstein episode. Cool. Yeah, so we'll be back later this week with uh, part two of that. Remember, stay inside the vault as long as you want. Just don't forget to lock up. So long, folks. <laughs>